Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday Morning Envy Pro Call. Today is November 30th, and I'd like to welcome those of you that are here live, as well as those of you listening to this via recording, which, of course, you can do by subscribing to Motivitality on whatever podcast application you happen to use, or by visiting motivitality.com, where you can listen to years and years and years worth of archives. Um, I'd like to uh, start to call off the way I do pretty much every week. Well, actually, let me first say I hope everybody had a ha- very happy and safe Thanksgiving, um, and I'm glad to be back. So, so now let's start to call off the way I do pretty much every week, which is by asking, is there anything anybody learned this last week that you wish you had known before, anything that happened that's worthy of sharing with other professionals across the country, or anything we can help you with? I'm learning more than I care to say about the Kelly, I, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Paul. You, what were you saying? I'm um, learning second, a lot Jim. about the the PFAS contaminants and all the different strains, and dealing with engineers and engineering firms for a community up here in in our neck of the woods that could end up being 300 homes. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting the PFAS topic. Um, obviously, that's something that we have talked about a lot in our industry. Paul and I watched a, a thing on YouTube last night that he t- kind of turned me on to. Um, it was by this group called Just Two Degrees, and and it's it's interesting. It was interesting to watch. It was about about a half hour, twenty six minutes or so. And the one thing had a lot of great information on there about PFOS and where it came and stuff like that. But it was it was similar to what I see on a lot of the, the stuff that the media does about PFOS. It, it, it's really high on this is scary, this is scary, and not at all focused on the solutions for it. You know, they in this, this half hour of this is scary, this is scary, there was one mention of some vague treatment that the University of Somebody, some, somebody said they were working on a filter that would remove some of, reduce some of the PFOS, but not all of it. There was no mention of reverse osmosis or catalytic carbon or some of the specialty resins that are out there. Um, you know, it was, and and this was a fairly recent video, and so there really is still a, a big disconnect between. I mean, yes, it, the, I think the biggest part of the battle with the PFOS issue is letting the public know that it's a problem. You know that this is this is an issue, and and it feels like that's starting to happen. There, it's people aren't looking at you with a blank stare when you say PFOS or PFOA as much as they used to. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but um, certainly been the case in in my experience. But um, they, I think it now becomes incumbent on us as an industry to get out there and spread the word that there are solutions at least on the water part there's nothing we can do about about the clothing or the you know microwave popcorn bags or you know the the other all you know carpeting and scotch garden you know all that stuff there's nothing we can do about that but we can you know we do have a way to to address address one part of it you know the the water part of it um have you found that to be the case as you're talking to people? Or people do they seem to be more familiar with it than they used to be, Paul? They're getting more familiar with it, and they're really posing a lot of questions for me to come up with answers and solutions for them. Yeah. Um, in regards to just the the required 
reduction by the EPA and then ELGA, which is a bit stricter. And so they're-, they're Stricter than the- and stricter how EPA. because the, the the EPAs their proposed their proposed limit right now is is four parts per trillion is it stricter than that or uh, I, and I'm, I'm working on this this was an email that just came to me yesterday asking yeah. me if I can come up with some data in regards to what this looks like but they're not giving me raw water samples I don't know what I have for yeah. organics I don't know what I have for iron it's so hard to yeah. give them any kind of firm data in regards to what's necessary because I don't know what the quality of the water is coming into the home you know I could yeah I, I can remove it but if I encase that that piece of carbon with organics um, yeah it becomes like an M&M and it's not doing anything at that point well the other challenge with PFOS is that it's not one contaminant right so how do you test for for PFOS, I mean, generally speaking, the test that you do will test the ten, the ten most common or the twenty most common forms of PFOS. But, but at last count, I think there were over fifteen thousand, um, you know, chemicals that would be classified as PFOS or PFOA. And yeah, I and got eleven so of them in not, front of me. What's that? You know, they they produced a, a report for me with eleven different ones. Yeah. And some yeah. with elevated levels and some with zero. So. Yeah. It's just it's if you're going to get involved, I will say you're going to need to put the work in and, and educate yourself in regards to yeah. what is agreed. We have like. to seem like experts. I mean, we have to be experts, not seem like them. We have to we have to make ourselves experts. If we're especially when we're dealing with with these, you know, it's different than when you're dealing with just simply aesthetic issues. I mean, yes, it's important to be an ex- expert when you're dealing with aesthetics, but we are we are dealing with real health issues here and and our industry is is an important part of addressing that health issue and um and so yes it does harm if we don't know what we're talking about if somebody you know we we have to be experts on it we have to make ourselves experts so i applaud your your efforts on that um and it again, cannot be, you, nothing is one and done you know because you're testing continuously and you're changing tanks and where yeah, am I going to put the exactly. material when I change this tank? Do I dispose of everything or do I gather the material? Uh, it, yeah. It is, yeah. Well, the disposal issue is definitely going to be a factor because where do you, you know, when, if you're using carbon, for example, you know, to, to take it out, where do, what do you do with the carbon? Do you put it back in the ground? You know, that's, that's something, you know, it's the, there, there definitely going to be challenges. Um, yeah, Jen, you had something that you were going to, you know, just all yep, kinds sorry, of Sorry, well, sorry, Paul. Oh. I'll stop. I know. I don't want to interrupt you, Paul. Oh no, you're good. Go. It's all okay. Good. Um, so, uh, Paul, just so you know, at the Water Quality Association convention in March, um, there are going. To, it's still going to be the hot topic. So, highly recommend um, that you attend. And if um, I, you know, obviously that's March. That's way out there. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, I know of a couple of experts that they're actually the ones presenting at WQA, and you could probably get in touch with them beforehand. And you know, they they're the ones that are really digging deep into it. So um, you know, reach out to me, and I can get you the information, and you can I do chat appreciate with them. that. And and what was your first name again? I, I'm sure I know you. This is but... Jennifer. This is oh, Jen okay, Jennifer. Yep, gotcha. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. No faces. On who? This, this who? Who are you? Wire. They don't know who I am. <laughs> don't you Just know who I am? Don't you know who I am? Eight six seven five three zero nine is where I go. Right. That's the number. Yep. That's the 
number. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Oh, oh there's, <laughs> there's a reference that goes back a few decades. Yeah, I'm right? dating myself, right? But I'm a cheap date. <laughs> yeah. um, so the other thing I want to say is congratulations to Nicole. She made her first sale. Um, and it was a complete also uh, water softener. Actually, it, it's a different type of unit. It handles the iron, uh, ferric iron water softener. And uh, then there is the reverse osmosis. So congratulations to Nicole. Yeah, that's, that was awesome, Nicole, if you're on. That was very nicely done. Very nicely done. Thank so, you. Um, okay. Uh, anybody else? Let's jump into our topic then. I, I haven't. I'm um, so sorry, I'm Kelly. Sorry. I do have one quick question. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. Um, so one of our MV pros uh, sent me a picture yesterday, and I I just remembered it, and I didn't respond to him. But um, there is in, and he didn't answer if it's only in the back of the toilet. They have air injection, and they have um, the water softener. In the back of the toilet, there's bubbles, but they don't dissipate. Any ideas what it could be? It's something I can throw on water treatment pros, but I was just thinking about it. So there are bubbles just sitting, like hanging on to the sides of the... Of and the, throughout the whole lot, and on the top, and kind of throughout the whole water. And and we're sure they're bubbles? What he said. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, you're <laughs> the talking picture big bubbles? Like, Wait, you're talking no, big No, little bubbles? teeny bubbles. Little teeny bubbles like you'd have like in a glass. You know how some. Like carbonated kind of like when, Yeah, yeah, yep. Hmm. And they're not rising to the top, or they, they're staying in the water? It looks like they're staying in the water. There's, there's some on top, but it looks like they're also staying in the water. Hmm. That's that's interesting. Anybody have a suggestion? The only thought that comes to mind immediately is take a glass, a clear glass, and just scoop the water, some of the water out, set it on a, a shelf, a counter, and watch what happens. Just for kicks. Okay. See what happens. And then I, I don't know where that would lead. Maybe nowhere, but that's the first thought I have. And then, and then drink it, or have have like a, a an in law or something drink it. Yeah. Is it city or well water? It's well water. Could it be an old toilet and the porcelain is breathing? Ooh, there's. Ooh, I. Yeah, so. That's a good question. That's that's a related question I have is um, how many toilets in the house, if they've got multiple toilets, are all the toilets showing the same symptom? Good questions. I will ask those. I asked a couple of like, you know, is it only in the toilet? And, you know, and he didn't respond back. So I will ask more of those questions. Good question. And also, are they using are they using all the toilets? They've got a toilet and go, yeah, we have a second toilet, but they use it once a month then it's not as valid. But it'd be curious to know. Yeah. All right. To be determined. I'll check back next week. See? Thank you. Those were good. Those were really good. So awesome. Um, okay. Anybody else? So I wanted to um, kind of go back. It's been a long time since we talked about this. And I know we have some new people on the call and probably, I don't know if any, it's been several years since we've had this topic, I think. 
Um, so I thought I'd go back to it today, and that is the topic of in-person follow-ups. Okay, and now let me let me explain what I mean by that. Um, way back, uh, a couple decades ago, when I was in sales, um, wasn't actually required by the company initially uh, to do this. I when I became regional uh, sales manager for this for this company, I actually made it mandatory at um at the dealership that we were we we um, would actually hold back commission um until they were completed but uh but when i was in sales it just made sense to go in and do a follow-up after the install so this was uh what i mean by that is is um usually within a week or two uh after the install after the system went in um, the uh, I would schedule a time to go back out and check and check the water um, and check the system and walk back in and take a look at it and and there were uh, for one it was a, a a great way to earn referrals and by the way this isn't an idea that I came up with I had I had gone to the the manufacturer that I represented I had gone to one of their sales academies and and it was one of the ideas that they had had so you know I I was back then in my 20s it was the first even though I'd been in sales in some form pretty much my whole life I uh, never really had any formal training or or I I just had as one of those people that sort of had this natural ability to do it um but not any of the training. And there's a lot of people we've talked about that, you know, the, the, you know, I always kind of put it in, out there. There's, there's tons of people with natural athletic ability that are not pro, you know, playing in pros. Um, it takes practice and honing that natural ability and really, really developing it and learning, you know, learning different um, uh, strategies and, and those types of things to, to become professional and so when I first came in this industry and was in sales, I was I was just hungry for knowledge. I was really wanted to hone those skills and look at it and, and and really make you know make myself a professional at it. And uh, so I'd gone to this the sales academy um, at the manufacturer, and that's one of the ideas that they talked about. That everybody said, "Oh yeah, that's a good idea." That, that seemed like hardly anybody did, you know. But I was young enough and naive enough to say, oh yeah, those are good ideas. And I, and to actually take them back and implement them. Um, and follow-ups was one of those. And so without exception, every sale that I made, I would schedule a time to follow up. And, and what I learned to do actually is to schedule it. Cause sometimes it would be hard to get back out and check it and do it. So what I would do when when they would you know somebody would give me the go ahead to schedule the install I'd say okay there's two dates that we need to look at here we need to look first at the um, the date that you're you prefer to have it installed you know when can we put this in for you and then the other one is when I can swing back out a week or two you know within a week or two after the installation just to do a quick check on it to check it make sure it's doing what it's supposed to do um, and take a look at it. Uh, you know, and, and test the water and make sure it's a lot of, you're spending a lot of money on this. I want to make sure it's doing what it's supposed to do. Right. And so I would actually put both of those on the schedule. Now, it, for those of you that have read my book, you know, it was easier for me to do that because I had organized my territory in such a way that I knew where I was going to be on what day of the week. So I, you know, on Tuesdays, I was in one area of my territory and Wednesdays, another area on Thursdays and Fridays. I, I knew exactly where I was going to be, 
on what day. And I could, I could go three months in advance if I needed to and tell you that I was going to be in that, in that area on those days of the week. And that's how I sort of organized my territory. So it was a little easier for me to schedule the follow-ups at the same time because I knew where I was going to be. I knew I was going to be close. It's harder for those of you that are running a lot of house leads you know, and you're all over the place and you have a huge territory and you don't know where you're going to be from day to day. You know, it's, it's, it is, I'll admit, harder to do that, which is why I strongly encourage you to organize your territory. In fact, maybe this is a topic that we need to look at and, you know, as on, on territory organization, maybe that's one we can talk about here in the, on the, um, on the call sometime. But, um, but I, I just felt like it was super, super important. And there were a lot of times where I would go back out and do a follow-up and we have anybody interested, we do on the website, we do have a follow-up form, a follow-up sheet that you can, you can utilize and, you know, download and utilize just has a checklist, you know, and, but one of the things that I would do besides testing the water was take a look at the equipment. I mean, for me, I always, we thought, you know, it was a premium top of the line piece of equipment with that should come a premium top of the line installation and and so i would go in and and it gave me an opportunity to look at at that install and and i'll tell you there were times when when i would look at it and i would see lines that were crooked or it just didn't look nice and neat and i and i I didn't want it in there because i worked so heavily on referrals and that i you know i would go back to the company and fortunately the company that i that i worked with um they they would hold their installers accountable. So they, they wanted those installs to look good too, but I would take a picture and send it back in and say, this is not, this is not good. Or I'd ask the homeowner, you know, is there anything about this installation you'd change? And they go, you know, I really wish they had run that drain line back behind here. And instead of, instead of doing it the way they did it. And I didn't want somebody going, eh, I guess it's okay. I, that's not the way I wanted them approaching, you know, the installs. They, they weren't going to, the eh, I guess it's okay is not a great referral. I want them jumping up and down with joy over it. I want them just super happy with it, you know, um, on on where you know what it looks like and and what it's doing. And but it also gave me an opportunity when I did that follow up, in addition to to check the um, you know to make sure the installation looked neat. I would also test the water. It, it's amazing. At least. 10 times, it may be more in all the times that I had, I would go out there and test the water and, um, and it would be hard. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times that happened. And, and a lot of times it was because there was a bypass valve or somewhere. I mean, there, there was one time where I missed the plumbing where, you know, the, the, um, when I did the plumbing assessment and the installer missed it too, um, that the kitchen cold was plumbed hard, you know, um, and, uh, and so I tested the water there and, you know, and, and it's hard and people go, I, you know, I go, how's the water? How's, how is it? And they'll go, Oh, it's great. I, we should have done this years ago. And then I test the water and it's hard. I mean, there, there were a couple times where the system was installed backwards, you know, and, and you test the water and it's hard water. And, and, you know, I would say to the customer, why well, you think it's good now? Wait, wait, do you feel it when it's working? <laughs> you know? So, I mean, but then it, I would way rather get out there and find that issue a week and a half or two weeks after that installation, then to get that call from the customer six months later and complaining, this thing has never worked. I, I can't believe it. I mean, I, 
I know that there are a lot of companies out there that will actually call. You know, they'll call after the install. They'll say, you know, just wanted to check up, make sure everything went okay with the installation. The customers don't know, though, a lot of times. Yeah, it was great. You know, the installer was very polite. It was nice. It was great. Okay, that's good. But you're not actually testing that water. And now you get that call from that customer six months later that is just pissed off because, you know, this thing has never worked or or it's been installed backwards. I mean, I'm not even going to talk about the ones where I've gone out to houses and and seen a software that's been installed for years that's installed backwards. And, you know, it's just like that, that one, uh, um, yeah, that one kills me too when you, you find that. Um, they, uh, like how many, and, and you've had service calls. You know, there's been service calls on record, and, and nobody's noticed that it was installed backwards. But that's that's a different topic. I mean, although you can catch that on the follow-ups. You know, if you're going out and you're looking at all of that stuff and you're doing that, it's also just an excellent opportunity to to earn referrals, but also to remind those customers that they need to use less soap, that they need to um, – uh, you know, um, not use jet dry, you know, to remind them of that, that the feeling that they're going to get is, you know, that silky feeling that that's going to be different, you know, to, and not to mention the fact that they just spent several thousand dollars. You go back out there and you, and you, you show them now that their water's doing what it, what it was doing when you did the demonstration, sales presentation demonstration, you know, um, you can show them that they're, they now have that water, um, but it's, I mean, there's just tons of reasons. And one of the big things about it, for me, people kind of expect salespeople once they make the sale. And, and unfortunately, they expect it because it's what mostly happens. You make the sale, and then you never hear from the salesperson again. It's like they, that person is just, you know, they're off to the next sale. I never, I never wanted it to be that way. I, I always felt like the hard part was over. Okay, I made the sale. They installed the equipment. Now the sales starts by me nurturing that existing relationship and trying to earn their referrals, um, you know, really trying to wow them. And, I, and it worked for me. I mean, that's, that's why I was able to create, you know, 90% of my own business because, because I, I nurtured my existing customers. I really I wanted them not to see me as, as the sales guy that came in and wham, bam, sold them a system on to the next person. I wanted them to see me as a resource. You know, I, I, I loved it when they called me and asked me questions. They see something on the news about water, and they call me and say, hey, I just saw this thing. I thought I'd ask you about it. I love those questions from, from customers, people that had bought. And that started with that follow-up. That's the first opportunity to show them that I'm not just a salesperson that's going to, you know, you know, you know, the one night stand type thing, you know, leave them and never call, you know? Um, so, you know, that in-person follow-up. So, so anyway, I know I, I just sort of uh, went on this big tangent about what those are, but in the last few minutes that we have here, I'm wondering, is anybody else out there doing in-person follow-ups and what types of questions are you asking when you're, when you're going to do them? What things are you looking for? Um, are you guys doing them? Are you utilizing them? Well, I guess I'll interject again. This is Paul in Traverse City. On every commercial job that happens in our company, there is direct follow-up um, several times, actually, <clears throat> to make sure everything is working properly, that the customer understands the system. Uh, the residential side of things, um, my guys tell me that they're too busy. 
And yeah. I'd, I'd like to know, did your company hold back any of the commission? We did. And we so did. That was a policy that, that, that know, I implemented. That's where my head goes is that, you yeah. know, I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but if, if you don't do that last step, and that's part of our program as well, that is the seventh step yeah. of the, the sales program with our companies. You're, it's mandatory. The customer may need to just understand how to bypass that piece of equipment. They may need yeah. to understand how to set that timer. Um, that's there's right. a guy out there, you know, and they're making good money doing these things. I will be trying to implement it again, and, and it's a fight, but um, sure. I think it should it, be mandatory. And so I, I, I agree with you, Paul, and I agree with you that it's a fight because when I became um, the sales manager there, um, you know, we we had 12 people on staff when I and I had been one of them. We had 12 salespeople, and and that was one of the first changes that I that I created. And yeah, there was a lot of pushback, and I lost a couple people over it. Um, I don't know if over that direct one, but I felt so strongly in the importance of that and really setting ourselves apart. And Jen can tell you that you know, all the people that we have brought on, all the companies that we've helped um, hire salespeople for and and develop pay structures, holding back part of the commission is always part of it. Um, and we don't we don't really approach it as holding back commission. We approach it as this is bonus, um, you know, it's, it's this is extra for doing it type thing. But it's, it's you know, and usually it's 2, two to 4%. You know, it's not, um, not a, a huge number. But it's a number that can be can add an extra, you know, to somebody who's having success in sales can add an extra um, fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a year uh, total in in their income. You know, we had one person one time that was talking about um, uh, one of our one of the guys that we had hired for a company several years ago that was complaining that he wasn't making enough money even though he'd made more sales. And when we sat down and kind of evaluated what he was doing. It's because he hadn't he he was making less money even though he's making more sales, but he hadn't been doing his follow ups we you've got to schedule time to do your to do those follow ups i mean it's just critical it it's I think it hurts a company and the salesperson to leave those out there and if you have somebody that i mean what is too busy you know are they running yeah, three appointments I'm a day? You, yeah exactly. Are they, are they running three appointments a day? Okay. That's the case. Hold on. Let me jump in here. Yep. Let me jump in here as a salesperson. Yep. Yeah, I'm done at the dentist. Um, there's a lot of people that you – yes. There's a lot of people that you call and call and call to schedule that, and they never get back to you. Or yeah. I'll have it – I used to pre-schedule them for after the install, but then I never know when we're at reschedule. We reschedule more installs than we should out of our office. Yeah. And yeah. I have no control over that. So yeah. it's a moving target for us and trying to fit it in. And, you know, when service doesn't respect our schedule, it's hard to fit it in and a lot of people don't call you back. But then there's a lot of times, you know, there's also a lot of times that, you know, yeah, it's not working because I get out there, test the water, discover it's not soft. And my installer left the softener bypass. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I tried that's to awesome get most that, of mine that happened, done. right? It's awesome you found yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's not awesome. Yes, it's well, awesome. I found that it should not have been done, and the installer should be going over this stuff also. 
I should be going over it too, but they should be going over it and explaining it to customers. Because customers, no matter what, will trust that installer more than they ever do a salesperson. Yeah, but I, but it is, and Stacy, I agree with you wholeheartedly that there should be a checklist, an installer checklist, right? But I can, but we're all human. We all forget and miss stuff, and and it shows by going and doing the follow up. Now, let me just say, in the last yeah. couple of minutes, I think you have legitimate concerns, and this is, I, I know you didn't hop on before I said yeah. this, but, um, but the when you are in a situation where you're running all over the place and there are a lot of house leads especially and you you know you don't know yeah. where you're going to be day to day it is harder to schedule mm-hmm. those and you know i found it a lot yeah. easier um i will tell you that i believe that strongly enough in it that i have in fact there's been a couple companies that we have helped do this you can bring an entry level person in teach them how to test water teach them how to do this stuff and and it can be that person's job to, to, I don't think this is as effective as a salesperson going out and doing it, but you can have a person that goes in there whose job it is to only do follow-ups on on uh-huh. sales, to go out there and test water and look them over and do those checklists. And that it's not quite the same, but it is a benefit to the company. And um, yeah, and and the you know the the money that's there, you know you can even two percent of sales is enough to pay somebody a pretty decent wage. To have them, to have them mm-hmm. do that. So, um, yeah, and so, granted, I do most of mine. There are people that you don't ever get a hold of. Yeah, but because it's, that's the way to one, make sure it's working. Two, I always leave them a card that they can list referrals, and I say, yeah. write down some friends. Just text me a photo of this. Yeah, you know. The uh, so I, I will say that that way. I will say that it, there you do need to. I think it is important to pre-schedule those those follow-ups, but it's also mm-hmm. the approach of not giving them the option. I mean, I think, and and look, there are some that you're you're right. They're going to cancel. And they're not going to reschedule. It it does happen. Yeah. That it, you can't get in touch with people. I, I get that, but I don't think it happens as often as as it has to, um, or or I don't think it. Um, it should happen as often as, as it often does, because I think that you can you can make it require a requirement. You know, this is something it's our policy. You know, you can tie it to the warranty, to the service warranty if necessary. You know, that we have to go back out there and do that that follow up. Um, yeah. But it's something worth exploring. We're not going to solve the the problem here, given that the it's it's uh, after nine o'clock. Um, but I would encourage you to take a look at your follow up policy. Consider it to be uh, critically important, and if if you would like more information on on how to go about um, implementing those policies, then please reach out to us, and and we can certainly help with that. So, any final thoughts here, real quick? I think maybe a thank you card instead, then that you send out to the customer, and that I've been trying to get in touch with you, and uh, I really do need to get out yeah. of the house and make sure that you're satisfied with everything that we have done. You know, yeah. um, people do still open mail. It's Sometimes, just off, yep. You know, just off the top of my yep. head there. No, agreed, agreed. So, all right, everybody, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate everybody coming on. Uh, I look forward to, to talking to everybody next week, if not before. So be safe, everybody. Thanks very much. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks.